This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Blue Apron. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers the fresh ingredients you need to create home-cooked meals. Get your first two meals for free at BlueApron.com slash badchristian. All right, today's show is brought to you by Spare Men, a new app. Spare Men is in Spare Minutes, a new app that's making conversations possible again. They do stuff on, there's basically telephone calls that you can record. They cut off after five minutes and they save and can publish the calls publicly if you want to. So it's great for uh, micro podcasting, sharing wisdom, doing Q&A. And we have a new segment called BC Bonus Questions brought to you by Spare Men. Go to SpareMen.com, download the app for iOS or Android, and find our handle, at Bad Christian, and you can hear the uh, BC bonus question segment. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's going on, buttholes that are also my friends? I tell you what, we are, in fact, lousy with music releases right now. We've got so much good stuff going on in the music department. It's quite a good thing. I don't want to burden you, but I do want to tell you that there's a bunch of good stuff that you might haven't checked out yet, and you got to. But by far, the most exciting thing that's going on, and it only has one day left, is the Classic Crimes Kickstarter. I know you've heard about it. I know you've seen it. They're over $93,000. It's wrapping up. It's the last day, and essentially... You just want to be part of this. You want to be part of this thing that's possible that has blown away everybody's expectations, including theirs, including mine. You, trust me, be a part of part of this. The Classic Crime does it does this crowdfunding thing better than anybody I know. It's the last day, so go to Kickstarter and look for the Classic Crimes thing for their new album. If you haven't done it yet, be a part of that, seriously. And then I'll just reiterate to you that Sherwood's music is up. New video, pre-orders available at SherwoodMusic.net. TheHouseOfHeroes.com, great stuff there. ZachBolin.com, you want to go there and check that out. And, of course, the Emory Acoustic Record Live in Houston EP is out. You can go to EmoryAcoustic.com for that. Tons of good stuff, tons of good stuff that's free to watch the videos, listen to the songs. And it's just so great if you buy something or pre-order something. It means a lot. It helps this whole thing going, and you're helping independent artists, and I genuinely mean it. Buy something. It is noticed. It is appreciated. There's no middlemen here. The artists get the money. Thank you. Three, two, one. Hit it. It's the Bad Christian Podcast. There you go. I, I, feel, I feel really conscientious of doing that in front of a hip-hop guy. I know. Me too. You had him join it I didn't, in there. I didn't. I know. I added some 808 bass to it. Yeah, the 808. <laughs> hey, do you, do you beatbox? Not at all. I mean, oh, I can battle the level of your guys, so don't worry about it. <laughs> do you think of, of beatbox as a legitimate art form as a hip hop guy? Yeah. I mean, have you heard some guys that do it really good? Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Like the stuff that some of these dudes can do is amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Have you seen that uh, father daughter thing on YouTube? Nah. Oh, what my is it? Gosh. They beatbox together? Father daughter beatbox. It, the girl is unbelievable. It's I love just, seeing stuff like that where these little kids do these amazing things. Yeah. I so, used to love beatboxing. Like I used to, like when I was a kid, because it was, it was more, even more popular back then, right? So I used to think it was so awesome, but 
I my dad made fun of me and said it was stupid. So I just got really, I got really I got really embarrassed and everybody really Thanks, did it. Dad. I mean, I just it was just too embarrassing. Do you know the thing about when you see a kid doing something online that's amazing that a two year old or a three year old ought not be able to do or whatever? It's like, oh, it's so yeah. cute, it's so warm. I love that. That must whatever. But really, it just means that that's a, a really strict parent that beats the shit out of their kid and expects a lot out of them. It's really sad. <laughs> do it again. Do it again. It's a child with no hey, childhood, is what it really is. <laughs> I, I took a road trip with my parents to a gymnastics meet with my daughter. And uh, just to give you a snapshot of how little my dad understands the podcast and everything, he was actually on a Pastor With No Answers discussion uh, Facebook group. And someone was talking about what Toby said about his masturbation habit or something like that. And my dad was just like, he not talking about Toby, the guy that said it, he's like, that guy should not be putting that online, putting Toby's <laughs> name on it. <laughs> Just like, that's private information. How dare they? <laughs> well, other thing, too, that brings me up to that is like now, but now in this day and age, anything can eventually make you a star. Like, yeah. like now, if you tell a kid don't beatbox, you might be inhibiting them from making income one day. Oh, yeah. Like, like with, with, the, with the Internet and everything. I was talking about beating off. It, Beatbox. No, I know, yes, but, true. Back but that can make you a star too. Though. Hey, hey, <laughs> lots of people got very famous for, for that. Have you ever heard of Pee Wee Herman? <laughs> De- decreased his stardom, if you really. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. <laughs> hey, I gotta tell, I gotta tell y'all something. T- for me, this was one of the most bizarre things I have ever seen in my life. I'm sitting there in my car. This was this past Thursday. I'm at an intersection, busy, busy, busy highway. And I see this four-legged animal uh, about to walk across the road. And I was like, what in the world is that? It was from a distance. So it's, I was like, is that like a, a mammal with like a, a chicken head? Like, because the head was colorful, like a, like a peacock or a chicken or something like that. And I was like, what? Like, I seriously felt like I was in the twilight zone. I was like, oh my gosh. As I get closer, cars are stopping and I'm like, are we witnessing like some sort of crazy freak of nature mutant or something? Then I realize it is a cat walking across the street with a snack sized Dorito bag covering its head. (laughs) (laughs) It is seriously a cat with a Dorito bag on it. And it is snow on a big road. What was it? Yeah, it was Savannah highway. I mean, it was, it was major. So if uh, this cat was taking like a suicide walk, and I, I was just thinking to myself, all right, how did this cat get this bag stuck on it so snug? And then I started thinking, was that a cruel prank? Like, do you, would y'all think that a couple well, of middle school kids you know, put a Dorito bag there, on a cat? There's a, there is a little, slightly more logical explanation. It was trying to eat Doritos it was just and trying, it got stuck? Right. It was hungry. It stuck its head <laughs> but, in there to lick out the but all crumbs the, at the bottom all of the, the Dorito bag. the cat has to do is shake its head and get the Dorito well, bag off. I well, guess he it, probably would if he could. Yeah, you can also figure he would if he could. Yeah, that's right. I th- I think it might be a little bit uh, worse than than you you two guys. I think it might have been a prank. And here's why: I could easily see some kids at the very least seeing a cat. They put a Dorito bag on his head and they're just laughing. And then the cat runs off, scared, yeah. and they can't catch it. And then he's out there. Yeah, like, they might not have sent him into traffic to be killed, <laughs> but that, <laughs> a death march of a cat. But I, I mean. <laughs> you, you know, they say, like, when you mess with animals, that's a sign of, like, being, like, a psychopath, yeah, right? Or, right. like, a yeah. serial killer. But, I mean, I I know that my brother and I did some stuff. Oh, no, that. everybody like, did, like, but there's I mean, a difference in experimentation. And if you bring that up, I might have this wrong, but there's a philosopher uh, named 
Schopenhauer, I think, and he says that people that do things to animals as adults, uh, and now in kids it's a precursor too, but in, especially in adults that do stuff to animals or pe- th- things, it really just signifies that it's something of less power than it, and it's a re- it means right. that that person is a coward and can't enact stuff on uh, you know a human, so it does it to things less powerful like an animal or whatever, but it's like the real biggest sign of a, of a coward and a bad person. Like, it's the, like one of the worst signs of character is to, you know, to, to be able to do stu- something to uh, something less powerful than you. You know what I mean? Like one of the least respectable things he said about uh, that a human quality that you could have. So Joey, with the amount that you've kicked animals, do you think that <laughs> you might be potentially a serial killer? <laughs> or a coward. Which one? Or a coward. Serial yeah. killer or yeah, a coward. That's one of the two. I'll pick I, I remember I'll hope for coward. I remember, my, I remember my brother got a uh, my brother got a BB gun for Christmas one year and then he was a I was inside and you know this was probably like you know by February. He comes running inside said Toby Toby come in come out here come out here I shot a bird and I was like, oh, okay. So we went outside, and the bird was like nowhere near dead, but but like his wing had been broken. It couldn't get off the ground. And I thought this is that moment, like the old yeller moment. I was like, I have to kill this thing. So I pumped the the BB gun, is like airsoft, I guess. Pumped it like as many times as I could, and I pointed it right at its head, and I shot it. Oh no! And, and then it just kept right on moving. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! I pumped it again real fast, shot again. I swear, no exaggeration. I had to do that fifteen times. It still wouldn't die, so finally I just stomped on his head. Oh, my <laughs> God. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I was crying. I was <laughs> You should have put it in a Doritos bag and yeah. put it over a cat's head. Yeah. Yeah. Why did I take a <laughs> Goodness gracious. That would have been awesome. <laughs> we didn't have Doritos fun size back then. Crap. <laughs> Matt, did you see the waves that our last episode made on social media there were some waves. guys um <laughs> well yeah some some waves got i think jay evans was tweeting about it from humble beast and then it was so funny to see christians like in this moral dilemma of ah this can't be right i'm so torn and then someone's like i gotta listen to this because the bible certainly doesn't uh support foul language or you know because the the title of our podcast episode is it may it may be a sin not to cuss so we've talked about this before. Toby and I have both experienced like people that we rub shoulders with in the ministry world yeah. who know that we record bad Christian and, and do this sort of thing. They they will say cuss words in front of us almost like a yeah, you know, I, I say words like this too. I'm kind of fitting in and everything. And sometimes it just feels so out of place. Well, I had a first last week. I was about to uh actually <laughs> oh my gosh, I was about to use a guy's office. And he said, "Okay, go go ahead." And then he was—you could tell—he's scrambling for the bad Christian. Yeah, and then now he's scrambling for the bad Christian joke, and he's just like, "Oh, let me scoot my papers over. I don't want you to see my porn stash." And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> "That's not funny. <laughs> like, like we're not okay with that right. one." <laughs> it was just so uh, ridiculous. But we get that sort of stuff all the time. Listen to what Priscilla said. So there is a family that we know that lives up north, and they're generally. Uh, new to the Christian faith, they started going to a mega church, and and it actually has been kind of neat to see them get a lot out of this pastor's teaching. We've gotten to see firsthand their lives kind of change and that sort of thing. Well, at the same time, they started listening to bad Christian, 
Now, the dude in the relationship, he's like, I don't really know about this. I, this is a little too edgy. And this this is a guy that's that's not necessarily even a Christian yet, but he's like, ooh, I don't, I don't know about this. But <laughs> listen to the bold word Priscilla said. She said that she thinks that any new Christian that starts with their faith at a megachurch also needs to listen to bad Christian to, to balance get a balance. Oh, I like that. Lord. <laughs> well, because she she has such a sour taste in her mouth for a lot of the megachurch culture. And so she's like, if someone's going to start with their faith in at you know at a megachurch, they need to be balanced out by listening to bad. You Christian. think we I can get that endorsement from the megachurches? Yeah, there you go. So there you go. Be good. Hey, if if you're if you're visiting today <laughs> and you want to get involved in our church, uh, turn in a guest card. We also want to refer you to the Bad Christian Podcast <laughs> for balance. Right. <laughs> that would be nice. Maybe get some sponsors from them. Yeah, that would be. There good. you go. Just official <laughs> endorsement from Joel Osteen would do the trick. There it is. That's all you need. Someone actually had the audacity to say, hey, would you guys ever, would y'all like to get Joel Osteen on the podcast? I was like, like? I was like, that'd be unbelievable. And they were surprised. They're like, really? You would really? I was like, of course. It would be so much fun. Hey, uh, Sean Liebernight sent this to me for for the damn news. But since we're talking about Joel Osteen, I'll go ahead and throw this in. Somebody took uh, Joel Osteen Twitter and anytime he would write the name God, they changed it to Dick, and they called it his, his Twitter handle is Joel Dongsting. And like, so here's something that says, "Your dicks blessed you with influence, but with blessings come opposition." Says, Joel Dongsting, your dick knows every seed you've sown, every sacrifice, what you do for others in secret, he will reward in the open. <laughs> Start accepting yourself right where you are, faults and all. You are not a finished product. Your dick's still working on you. <laughs> it goes how many, how many followers? A, uh, oh, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, almost 7,000 followers, but it is just unbelievable. Here's oh, the last man. one. Be, be aware of who's in your life. They're not there by accident. Your dick is counting on you to make a difference. <laughs> I heard somebody, let's see, I was in the airport. And uh, this past weekend, and I heard somebody just talking about Joel Osteen and just like they said, you have to read his books. It's life changing. And it's so great. And I just thought, man, I feel so differently than that. Yeah. Like, well, I it do might not be, though. Think, uh, I mean, it, he might might be life changing for a lot of people. Like, but that doesn't yeah, even but what mean, does that that mean? Uh, of God, even really. I mean, like, essentially, right, so a, guru, saying, yeah. a guru is like an archetype. Like, no matter what, yeah. there's hippie, mother, moon that will have these weird sure. people around here and cults and every type of thing that there's like a guru that's like self help. It can just work. Like, it just, and it honestly seems to actually work for people. And getting followings, period. Doesn't matter what the what it's about. It seems to just work, and it seems like it helps people, but it gets super weird. I don't know what to say about it. Jason, you have any preference on mega pastors or uh, Joel Osteen or anything like that? I prefer I prefer uh, the cult side of things. You're more I of a cult guy, for- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, man? I mean, I, every time I've seen Joel Osteen, man, it's like his voice is so comforting. How can you not like yeah. that guy? He's like, right. well, my daddy. When I was young, my daddy told me that we are fishing. He's always got like a good daddy story. He's got the best story. I mean, not like that. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know about his religion, but I'm just saying, you know? <laughs> Comforting but, voice. But, but I think that's the point, right? Like, he's he's so polished that you you just go, oh, this is easy. It's nice. It's, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. And yet he's probably the most evil human on earth, maybe. <laughs> Jason, what what do you roll with these days? Are you you roll Christian, mega church, leaning, wherever you at with uh, well, with I, everything? I tell you, I tell you what, let's let's keep that suspense going okay. a little bit. All Let right. me just say say something real quick about Jason Soto. So some of our listeners 
have heard of L.A. Symphony. I would put L.A. Symphony in a category of of spirit based hip hop, whatever you want to call it, that brought like credibility to the Christian rap scene. And I don't even know if you guys want to be lumped in with Christian hip hop. But bottom line is a lot of the lyrics are centered around God and that sort of thing. So uh, legit hip hop, good stuff, not bubblegum, stupid, cheesy stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys were going what, for like over a decade. And we're, I, I, what I want to do right now is play some new material from Jason. His, his rap name is called Cookbook. So here's like a little 20 second. Yeah, and this is Joel Osteen's favorite one, right? Yeah. 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 I hope Joel's so. Favorite. God, I hope Joel likes me. There's nothing more dangerous than a man who's at his limits. Fuck the fake shit to hell with all the gimmicks. When his soul's diminished, hold on to the vision. When the mission seems like outer limits. Crowded artist districts, minus digits seem to cloud the image. Rowdy kids with cloudy piss. Scowling cause they're down with this. Howling at the moon and wilding out. It's astounding, bitch. Make a wish and that shit will not be granted. Make a fist and take a risk and you could take the planet. I take a chance on me being 100 PCT, CDC, the old greedy you see. Me and my humanity beat it with your beliefs is that the peak of my insanity candidly speaking i bequeath my christianity love it or leave it struggle to keep it a secret the fact that my beliefs are leaning more towards the secret than what you preaching it ain't me that you reaching so leave it be leave my name out your teaching all right so killer stuff jason let me just tell you that uh, uh obviously toby and matt musicians and they love all sorts of musics i'm music i'm kind of a hip-hop junkie so i love this stuff that you sent me but what in the hell happened bro what's going on man (laughs) holy shit dude (laughs) hey you guys cuss so you know i I learned it by watching you all right No, seriously, though, uh, listening through a lot of your more recent albums, like uh, a lot of the stuff, you know, I don't I don't know what percentage, but a lot of your songs, you're you're definitely talking to the church. You're talking to a lot of like what you just said in that song, fake shit. And you must have had to confront a lot of pissed off fans. I mean, people that have been listening to L.A. Symphony cussing is like, oh, my gosh, you just don't do that. Like, uh, T- tell us what's going on with your with your music, your fans, yeah. like your relationship with L.A. Symphony and all that stuff. Well, let's start with L.A. Symphony. Uh, our relationship is great, and yeah. uh, we're we're true brothers. Like that'll never change. And and that's Pigeon John, Sherlock. Who else? Uh, Flynn, Uno Mas, Joey the Jerk, J Beats, B Twice. Gotcha. I think I think that's everybody. That should yeah. be all eight of us. And yeah, I mean, we just put an album out the end at the end of 2014. That was celebrating our 15th anniversary, yeah, believe it or super not. Super good. So, super good. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, and then uh, as far as like where we're at, obviously we're all at different uh, opinions yeah. when it comes to church, God, et cetera. Some are still heavily more, you know, church oriented and some are not. And so I think with me, I think what started happening with me started happening a long time ago, even in the midst of LA symphony. And I just had a lot of questions and I started seeking answers and, um, I, I haven't always got good clear cut answers from the church, you know, what, what give us two of those questions or give us one. What's one of the major questions that you, have? um, things like are, is God, is all this really real or is all this just a bunch of shit 
Or yeah. is, do, is God really the God that if I don't say the sinner's prayer and I'm a sincere Muslim who lives in, you know, not somebody who straps a bomb on them, but who just raises their family, does the five pillars and really genuinely feels like they're serving God. My God is making them burn in hell. Is that true? Like, so right. I started having all these kind of questions in my head and looking around for answers. And, and I still haven't really found a lot of great answers for those deep questions. And um, I mean, I, I feel like a, the more I've kind of started being this way and being more, a little more outspoken about um, my questions, yeah. um, I've I found a lot more people to have those questions. A lot of Christians who won't admit it publicly or more secretly like, yeah, man, That's quite too, interesting. Bro. That's quite interesting what you brought up. I've never heard it phrased in that way or it's never clicked in my brain that way. You just said that you're more outspoken about what you don't know. Which is which is ca- yeah. counterintuitive because typically we exist in a culture where you become an expert and then you speak and people listen to that. So what does it mean for somebody to feel like they know less and less and speak up more and more? And that might be the it's, place we're at in society, yeah. but it sure does sound like music to my ears. I, I like the sound. It's of that. it's very refreshing to just say I don't know and be cool with it. Be mm-hmm. I'm like I'm okay with not having the answers. I'm okay with not. Like going like, I don't, I'm not even totally worked out what I believe. I mean, Mm -hmm. I believe something my whole life growing up, just the way the package was given to me. And now I don't know. I'm just questioning. I'm asking questions. And then I have, you know, if you hear stuff that I bring up in my music, it's, it's definitely probably some things where, um, I have stronger opinions about what the church has done with the information and how they maybe haven't really uh, addressed the hard questions. And, and maybe the church hasn't been okay with saying, I don't know. And yeah. I don't like that either because I always feel like Christians, there's this all, this r- big arrogance. Like, no, I know. I yeah. know where we're going after we die. And I yeah, know. I I'm like, you know who knows that? My dad, because he died 12 years ago. He knows. I was just going to point out that I bet not only did you not find the answers you were looking for, you also found out that there was no room for the questions. You got that God's right. People. I mean, that. I get, and we've talked about this so much on the, on this podcast. I I think it's because people are afraid of that shaky ground of, wait a second, could some of the stuff that I've always believed, if that's not true, then, then what else is not? What is true? Yeah. And and, and honestly, I'm not knocking those people. It is scary. No, yeah. I've been, I've I've been through a lot of that too. It's scary as hell, man. Well, it doesn't do you any, I mean, it ultimately undoes the thing to, to blindly protect or justify the ends with the means. There's a lot of things that go into that, like not wanting to, uh, it's like you have the bias to believe the thing that you want to believe, not the thing that's scary. That's not ever going to be the thing that, if you look at the yeah. natural tendency toward bias, would it be for a whole group of people to lean into what's scary? Of course not. Therefore, you can kind of assume that people are making concessions and letting things slide um, that would be scary instead of dealing with yeah. them. And when you do that as a whole thing, you, you, it makes your belief system and your position and your relevance and everything else weaker because there's... Uh, you know, things in the, in the dark there, frankly. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, religion in general, like uh, a lot of uh, historically has been used to kind of put fear into people to control them. Yeah. And so there is this underlying fear that we have. We're afraid, like people get saved because they're afraid of going to hell. People are afraid to ask certain questions because they don't want God to be mad at them or whatever they perceive, you know? And uh, <laughs> for me, I was like, man, like I, <laughs> these questions are here. Like, why would I, why I can't keep going on and, and be authentic uh-huh. and be really me. 
and and still have that sort of arrogant position or that that idea that I know it all or that I even believe all the stuff that I was taught as a kid. It's, you know? it's hard though in practice to not use fear. Like if you think about using fear like that, I think I we, you 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 think that way even as a parent. Like, would you rather have your seventeen-year-old yeah. uh, daughter be a scared virgin, <laughs> 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 or so, or a confident explorer of her sexuality? Do you know what or I mean? A it's, fearless, it's a, a fearless like you mom. understand the tendency to say, "Listen, you should be really scared of going to hell if you have sex." You understand why why that is natural. I, yeah. Like it's not like yeah. fear mongering of the worst order. That, but if you take that in a systemic way, in a large way, that same thing. Like I just want my daughter to be scared of the street. I really do. I mean, I, I'll yeah, take yeah. I'll take her being afraid. There, it's not that I'm a fear mongering thing. But when you put that as a whole culture and make rules in it and systems that don't address individuals and stuff, it's uh, you know. It's, bad. it's a slippery slope. It could become something way, you know, not what it, what even God probably intended it to be from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, it probably started that way. You're you're right. It probably started with, hey, don't crawl. Hey, if you cross the street, you'll you might get hurt. Right. And then the next person said, hey, if you cross the street, not only will you get hurt, but then it could hurt your parents. And then it, it you know, it gets worse and worse to where right. then it becomes a control thing, and it goes that way. I think honestly, the hell thing is is the biggest thing I think that hurts Christianity because. What we are saying is, hey, if you don't believe in our God, He will punish you. Which sounds, which sounds so backwards, and then, and then the then it gets really crazy on the opposite side, where it goes, oh God, no matter what, it's just all love, 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 to where love becomes God. Which then people use love to manipulate people all the time. Love is a big time manipulator that people use and hurt you, your family members or or uh, friends or or even yourself will use love sometimes to manipulate other people. Too. So it's all about that control, but it just, it, I hate the idea that we would, like, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't think I am, I totally believe in Jesus. I don't think I'm scared about hell anymore. And I used to really be, like, I think I used to really fear, I, I know I did. For, for yourself? Fact, yeah, for, for, for sure. I thought, especially growing up in the church that I did, very charismatic, very conservative. Um, I used to think I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go to hell. I'm going to go to hell. I'm going to go to hell. And even then when I even kind of stepped away for a little while, I still had that fear. Like, well, I'm screwing up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to hell. So are you saying you can be not scared of hell, but still believe in it? I, yeah, I think yes. Or do you have to, or do you have to remove it like Joey from his whole thinking for it to, to, to not be scary? Hell is the absence of God. So I don't want to even think about that. That, that, that seems pointless for me to spend time thinking about hell when it's nothing to do with God, apparently. Huh. Uh, biblically, it sounds that way. So I would rather think about God and then start asking those questions like Jason's doing. Just like, why, why wouldn't you be able to ask questions of the creator of all things? Like, what, are you sending people there? Like, that's a fair question. That's not a uh, mean, hateful, atheistic, you know, subversive question. That's just a real question. I, I should be able to ask my, my parents when I was a kid, Hey, why am I getting a spanking? They might have a killer answer. That's awesome. I, I stole some, but I, I have the right to an- ask that question. I think so. That's the thing. I don't. I don't think it's. I think a lot of people. If you ask these questions, and that, Jason, that's what I was going to ask you. Did, when you started having these questions and stuff, did the fans kind of turn it? What about your family? You said you grew up Christian. Yeah. So, um, you know, my my mom is good. You know, old fashioned Christian, and uh, we don't. We just kind of don't really talk too much about it. Like she's, you know. I was born late in my parents' life, so she's up there, and I don't really want to go there too much with her. You know what I mean? I just, um, I think I'm just respectful as far as that, as far as the fans go. So, uh, just to kind of give you a quick, my first solo album that I put out uh, in 2009 was called "I Love the '80s," and that album, um, I was coming right off the heels of LA Symphony, 
And I really believe like, oh man, I got all these fans from LA Symphony. This solo career is going to be a real smooth transition. No problem. They're all going to, even if half, even if one third of them come with me, I'm yeah. good. I'm, you know, yeah. I got my, yeah. my career's intact. And I quickly found out that that was not the case, that they were not with me. Like they, and it wasn't because of any beliefs at that time. It was more just I think they were more interested in the collective, but then when you start getting into the individuals, they're like, ah, well, we don't have time for all that. That hurt your feelings? Um, kinda. Yeah. yeah. I think I think I was making an I think I was making music for those people. Uh, this yeah. kind of perceived majority that was there and I, mm-hmm. and it was stopping me from being authentic, which kind of I just listened to your guys last episode and I thought it was such a great conversation. And even your podcast, it seems like your podcast usually people focus on, oh, they're the Christians that say shit or that cuss. Yeah. And, but that's, that's not, I don't feel like your I feel like your podcast is about authenticity, about sh- that question and that struggle to be authentic people and still hold your beliefs, you know? Yep. And I found that I wasn't doing that in my music. I was, you know, kind of like tempering the things I would say and catering to this group of people, more specifically Christian people that I thought were coming with me from the LA symphony days and were going to support me. And they just weren't there. You That's know? the weird yeah. thing I've been thinking about. I was thinking about that today. It's weird because it's hard for our brains. For somebody that has a, a large following, LA Symphony, somebody that has 10,000 Twitter followers or 100,000 or a million, whatever it is, when you, you, you don't really have the brain capacity to think of all those as individuals anyway. All we have the capacity to do is say, our fans. Yeah. And then you can maybe imagine a couple of shades, but they're all individuals. So it's really hard to say that there's anything that would work on them. Like, are yeah. you can take this many with them. And so stuff like that, um, as well as, as the other stuff we're talking about, is not even any individual's fault. And that's what it is no. with systemic stuff, the way fans work. Yeah. But we're in this bizarre time where you, you can think of these large, large groups of people that your brain and physicality have no way of, of interacting with. So you can feel things like betrayal and things like control can go across these large groups of people, but they're, they're, they're just individuals and almost, and essentially none of them individually are at fault for, no, for the whole thing. It's really, it's really weird. And, and thinking about what fans you have, um, you're the ones that create, you, I mean, you dictate who your fans are in a way, as opposed to they're going to follow you. Like you project out there and then let those people be your fans. And I think that's what's weird Absolutely. is most of everything we do seems like, or it seems like everything's so compartmentalized to where this guy is the expert on this. And I know I'm kind of anti-expert sounding, but that guy sets himself up as an expert, says he's an expert and or an authority on this. And then he has to play that part as a result. Because that's what he set himself up as. Yeah. I think that's a really bizarre thing when you think about art because you determine what kind of artist you are and then somehow you're going to be encapsulated or trapped by that. And it's just really weird. It's true, but that's the thing is like I, I heard somebody say, find your niche and get rich. So <laughs> d- don't be afraid to pick yeah. a lane and be yep. like whatever that authentic lane that's truest to you, be that. Right. Because you don't need everybody. If you have, 100,000 people that buy your record every time it comes out, man, you are doing great. You don't need the millions, you know, so you will find your people. And that's what I had to, that's the decision I had to make. But you have to do it being yourself though. Like if you said, if you want to make a character that would sell 100,000 records and you thought you could be that character, that's just, that's terrible. It's just not, it's it's not right. And it won't be satisfying for you is what I'm saying. So when you play into what the fans need or want with, especially with art, it's, I suppose it's different yeah. with business, but even with business, I think it almost holds true. It doesn't do you any good. How many of your fans are 
Christians that are just like, hell yeah. Like, I love the fact that he's keeping it real. Honestly, I don't know. I'd yeah. say the majority of my fans at this point, maybe even 90% are non-Christian. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I, I'm definitely not a Christian rapper. Definitely. Right. right. And I don't even, I, I stopped doing church shows. I think the last church show I did was in like 2010. And after that show, I just decided this is not for me. I, I yeah. just, I can't do this no did more. Did something happen at that show? Tell me about no, that. No, it was actually a great show. It was in Florida. I played with uh, Heath McNeese and Plato. And uh, it was great. But it, I just said, this this is not me. I just don't, I, I don't feel, I almost, I felt like, mm. like I was lying to them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, this is not really me. This is not who I want to be. This is not what I feel coming up That's in right. me when I write my music. I don't belong here. So I just... Right. You know, graciously Dude, you, bowed out. You had to feel such a relief that you inherited some of the best hip hop words ever. Like, how how do people rap without being able to say fuck? Because <laughs> uh, there's, I mean, there's, like, there's so many versions of it. It's yeah, such yeah. a filler, man. <laughs> there's, there's, well, and you know, sometimes when you're expressing emotion and there's something you want to say, right. it just sometimes it expresses that emotion just very well. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I like for me, like. I just let things flow naturally, and if if that's what I need to say, I say it. I don't make it like, oh, so now I'm the cuss dude. Check me right. out. Fuck, right. fuck, fuck, fuck. You know, like that's not right. me. Like I just let things flow. So sometimes yes, sometimes no. Sometimes it's just rap music. Sometimes you know what I'm saying. So, um, but yeah, there is there, there's more so than just the cussing thing. It's more freeing when you just be yourself. Like right. who am I really? Like this is who I really am. I can't help this. These yeah. questions that I have. That's who I am. You know, yeah. this, this type of thinking that I have, what I do truly believe in my heart, that's who I am. So yeah. I need to be that. And there, honestly, it's doing really well for me. That's awesome. Is there some anger coming out from the culture that you came from or to, towards the culture you came from? It sounds like it. Am I hearing yeah, it accurately? Yeah. yeah. yeah there, I, I think, uh, I think that's the way I dealt with sort of the anger, like two specific projects, the latest one. And then the one that was called Phantom Menace, um, there was a couple songs on there where I just cut loose and kind of just said my piece. The most recent is with Evidence? With Evidence, yeah. It's called okay. A Whole New Cook. And yeah. in a way, that's kind of like the the final cutting of the tie, maybe. Like A Whole New Cook. You know, yeah. like, this ain't the next chapter. It's a whole new book. Like, I'm totally doing something new, if you haven't figured that out by now. You know what right. I mean? And and this is me. Like, kind of love it or leave it. And I'm totally cool with it how many people leave it. And you were asking, you know, about the fans earlier. One thing I'll add to it is, you know, when you're doing something good, you know, sometimes you have the fans there, but usually when you do something in the Christian market that they disagree with, that's when people show up because they are there to judge. And although I haven't honestly had a ton of it, um, I have had, you know, a few people that like to go on and act like they're being real objective on like iTunes reviews and stuff. But it's like dudes I know have confronted me before and they're bad mouthing <laughs> me and stuff. And, you know, they try to act like, you know, it's like this objective review and whatever. You know? Do we need to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm brewing a question I want you to think about uh, when we get back. But think about this question for all, all three of you guys. How much, like, think about the trade-off between you could be larger and have more influence and I suppose money, but we'll leave money out of it. You could have a larger audience. You could have larger influence but at the expense of authenticity or being less yourself or boy, being more cleaned up, how much would you be willing to trade to get, to get what there? Is that a good trade-off? And, and mm. how, how far would you be willing to go? 
Because I think that's kind of what, what we're discussing. Anyway, we'll take a break, and we'll be right And back. I want to add to that, too, what happens if you have a brain fart when you're rapping that fast. So think about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So we are trying to put our house up on the market, and my wife packs things immediately. Like, it's not on the market yet. Like, our house is not for sale right now. And... Everything is packed up like most, uh, I, I mean, all our pots and pans, all kinds of stuff. And my wife only has a few little things out. Our refrigerator looks clean. I mean, she just jumps ahead so quickly. So I was like, what are we going to do about food? Right. This, uh, I mean, are we going to go to eat fast food or, you know, go get meals, eat out every meal. And then she reminded me we have blue apron. Oh, it's yeah. so simple. And she left out the stuff because you don't need that much to make killer meals. Yeah. What's neat. And she can actually mm-hmm. use the time that she would typically use to go to the grocery store to pack. Oh, right. Right. That the, the cool thing was, is I was not thinking, oh man, we're going to get great meals. I was, I was thinking, man, we're going to spend a lot of money eating out. And it is so simple to make these delicious, awesome, amazing meals. And all the stuff is delivered right to your door with Blue Apron. I mean, there isn't any problems. Like you don't have to go, oh, no, I'm missing this. I got to run out to the store. Oh, no, I forgot that. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have those problems. You get everything you need and these awesome instructions, just beautifully uh, photographed instruction, recipes, everything is so awesome. And I just can't believe it. So good. I would pay for these meals in expensive restaurants. I, I, I would pay the $100 to sit down with a, a over a nice meal with my wife. That's how good it is. <laughs> but instead, what, what are we talking? Mm-hmm. $10 per meal? Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. You don't have to tip anybody or anything. It's a- you know what's great about it is the variety. We don't even, I mean, you know Blue Apron doesn't even repeat recipes within a year. I mean, there's something new constantly. And here's what I like about that is, and they're totally cool with this too. They understand that with the detailed instructions and the education on cooking they're giving you in the ingredient list, you can go back and repeat the one. So we've been going back using the instructions they give us. I feel like it's cheating, but they don't care. Uh, And we go back and make the meals that we did like. Meanwhile, we get the new stuff coming in from them and it's just more and more stuff. So just the development of my palate is, is just incredible. And this, this stuff's great. I'm just thinking about one of the meals we had on my mouth's watering the Salisbury steaks with roasted asparagus and potato. Oh my gosh, man. You know, now here's what's funny is I promise you, and this is the real truth. For some reason, I, I just, they just know what they're doing. The vegetables from Blue Apron taste better than any vegetables I I've ever had. I, I, it yeah. is just, yeah. it is crazy. They are so Good. They're so flavorful. It's amazing. Uh, and the meat, the Salisbury steak was just so good. You just can't go wrong with Blue Apron. I'm telling you guys, it is awesome. So right now, you can get your first two meals for free at blueapron.com slash badchristian. That's blueapron.com slash badchristian. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, so let me tell you about this great new company called Spare Men. They've developed this platform that I really think is going to take off. I think this is very fun, and you're going to like it. They are bringing to you a new segment that we have called BC Bonus Questions, where we take a question from a listener, and it goes on their platform. So Spare Men is making conversations possible again. Please go right now. Uh, This will mean a lot to us. And listen to this segment that we made over there and download the app on iOS or Android. You can go to sparemen.com or find it in the app store. And uh, I think you'll get a grip of of what this is about. But please go over there and and check this out. It's, it's, It's fun. So what we have today is a caller. We have a caller who called in named Sylvia. And Sylvia has claimed that she is a virgin, although she's already had sex three times and has a question for me about that. And I take that on. BC bonus questions on spare men. Okay, what is the scenario where you can be a virgin and have sex three times? 
Everybody knows that every single person has sex in high school. It's your first boyfriend or uh, girlfriend. I, I, and you, I don't know the statistics, you, you but it's not 100%. Sex. Yeah, I, I, the, the statistics are, are totally 100% for sure. Okay. All right, so go tune in, check out the rest of that call. It's good. Trust me, you're going to like it. Uh, good stuff. And the best thing about this, it's free. It's a platform that they're making that I think is great. I think it's going to take off. So here's what you got to do. Go to S-P-A-R-E-M-I-N.com or download it from the iOS app store or Android app store, however you get those. Get Spearmen, find at Bad Christian, and listen to Sylvia talk about her virginity on BC Bonus Questions. And we're back. Get mad okay, so to keep jo- ahead. Joey, would you go? Would you double the listenership of this podcast, knowing that that many more people would hear your voice and the things that you have to say right. at the compromise of just you know what? No more cuss words. You can say everything you want. You can just say the letter F instead of the word fuck. Uh, but that's what that's what it'll be. Listenership will double, and therefore you'll have more influence. I want to answer this. Pretty question. tempting, right? Yeah. No, I, I, mean, I don't even me, think it necessarily be a wrong choice. I'm, I mean, there's some stuff we don't do for reasons of mainstreamness right, or growth, right. that for sure. Well, so. I, I, obviously, we would all say it's not about the cussing, but basically, you're saying to um, to give up something that we just feel is a part of authenticity. I would say no, because why would we want more? Pe- I mean, to me, it's a lose lose. More people are hearing a fake us. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So it's like not only are we trying to be something that we're not and less relaxed and less authentic and trying to please other people, but more people are hearing a watered down version of us. Mm -hmm. So I would much rather less people hear the real Joey than more people hearing a watered down. That's a a good answer, answer? but I don't Mm -hmm. don't think those compromises are out of the question. And certainly we make them. Yeah. I'm saying that's that's me though. That's me. Yeah. I say I definitely would. (laughs) If you double our (laughs) listenership and I get more money, uh, oh, and the reason I would say that is because that would be something like, hey, uh, ABC wants to put a TV show about your podcast, but you sure. guys can't cuss and do it. I think I would. Uh-huh. Cause it, for one right episode? Now, I would do it for however long. If we, got a, if we like, got a TV show like, on ABC, they were going to adapt this into a show, and they said there would right. be no cussing, then we would say, well, okay. Well, think about somebody like Jimmy Kimmel who went from like radio to the man show, and then he, right. he can't do the man show stuff totally, and then mm-hmm. he goes to he, he's Jimmy Kimmel now. And he still can push the boundaries, but he does it in a different way. So that's sure. what I think you would have to do. Good you would question. have to push the boundary. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, I would go out. I don't care. If, if Nickelback asked our band to go out, I'd be out with them in a second. I'd, right. I'd, I'd run lines for their microphones. I don't care. I mean, to an extent, there is something to be said for you want to be cred, but how can you be cred and earn a living? And like, like I, no matter what, like we were saying last week, there will be some compromises you make when your art is something that you make a living on. You have to yep. make some kind of compromise. That doesn't necessarily take away from the art because what you do in that moment is like Jimmy Kimmel or whoever, you just you you're smarter and you find different ways instead of profanity, you find different ways of pushing the edges, you know? I True. think. Yeah, but at, at this juncture too, I I I actually think I mean, I guess you're saying, Matt, no, you you do double but I don't know how that how that could last. I think our our true followers and the people that really like us they would they would sniff the fakeness out. So I just no, don't. I think so too. But what I'm saying is, what I'm the thing that I think is a little more insidious. Of course, for money, that's one thing and all that stuff. But if you think about it, what's intoxicating, I think, in the power structures of let's say church or spiritual leadership is it. Think of the pressure to not be real, to not expose real stuff, and knowing that 
you will grow and that you'll have more influence for the thing that you think actually is important, which, well, the important thing is I'm going to share Jesus. Therefore, it feels, it must feel like any compromise you could make to make sure that your church has 20,000 people instead of 10. Right. I can see that. It's very just, you know what I mean? It's very tempting or intoxicating. And I think that's the- Jason, would you, if Lecrae asked you to do a tour, would you go out with him? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Why not? But I mean, I I don't know how much- It's all churches. Would you still go? (sighs) Probably. Probably for the money. Yeah. yeah, Honestly, because look at, I think you can look at it at one way. You can have it as a question about this authenticity, but you can also look at, you have different aspects of yourself that are still authentic. You know what I mean? You can put- we can put certain aspects of ourselves in a box, you know what I mean? And, and only mm-hmm. utilize, and it's, it might not feel, uh, disingenuous to you. So like if you, if I got a show on ABC, I don't need to cuss. I can sure. still be me. I can still have my humor, my personality. Yeah, let's go. You know what I mean? And I would never feel, um, um, that I was not being my authentic self. So I think there's like a, a place for it. You know, if Lecrae asked me, I'd be very surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's funny about that, though, is I, I bet Lecrae would go out with, uh, I don't know. He has. He shared the stage with Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, Cole, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So why not? Why couldn't it be the other way? And the only reason is because the fans wouldn't have it. Maybe. Well, the, I think the churches have wouldn't have it. If, if you got a guy like Kendrick Lamar going up in a church to do a church show, most church shows are sort of, uh, they're catered to bring people in almost like a commercial for right. the church and for God. And they're trying to, and I think right. that's, that's part of the the problem I had with churches too, that I just didn't feel. That's interesting. You know, I, I mean, I don't know, you guys been in plenty of church shows, I think, I mean, and that's what I, I felt like we, we started becoming, we started feeling as LA symphony, like almost like this, we're just propaganda here. We're just here Yikes. to kind of yeah, run right. some, run some kids across a conveyor belt in a youth group. Get them up on the altar, get that card filled out, try to get them in church on Wednesday too. And it just, that's what it felt like. So has anybody else in LA simp, um, start blending the lines from the, from what you guys are seen as, as like Christian rappers. I know, uh, Charlotte goes by Serene poems, I think. So he, I I know he, uh, has rapped with Ken star and Odyssey and all those guys at mellow music. Um, you have also, uh, anybody else kind of blending the lines a little bit? Um, well, see one thing you gotta know, I think LA symphony has always quote unquote blended the lines. Yeah. Y'all We've had a lot. So on, uh, yeah. On that is yeah. Nice. That's cool. We've never seen ourselves as Christian rappers ever. Right, that label right. got put on us by other people because they knew that we were people that came from the church and kind of met each other in that arena. Right. Um, and then also when we got signed and stuff, we got kind of catapulted in, couple specific situations by our record label. Um, and the, and it just kind of catapulted us quickly into that market. Um, so we've always kind of, you know, done, done stuff with, uh, other people. Um, I think Pigeon John's a great example. He's always kind of blurred the lines always, you know, between he's never really held himself to anything, you know, like you could call, I mean, you could call him whatever you'd want to call him and he's just going to do what he does. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I think I've learned a lot about just being your true self and being a true artist from him in particular, you know, I can't get out of my head though. I I haven't heard anybody say commercial for God before. And that's freaking me out to consider what that, what that means, you know, like the notion of, of like a commercial is not a thing that you want, but very often church and church shows or even the maybe church service itself almost could be viewed as a commercial Yeah, that's or propaganda. That's a, that's a terrifying thought. Well, but I, I think, 
it's sort of like what we're trained that that's what the model is for church uh-huh. and for and for how we present God to people. Yeah. And especially in a youth group scenario, I mean, it's like let's put video games, let's get some cool rapper dudes that don't seem like they're Christian and show them to the kids and get them in here. And <laughs> there's like, a, like a, a BMX show and like the <laughs> dude does a flip and now get saved. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. it's weird. It doesn't seem like any other like. That doesn't happen in in any other arena other than usually like a, maybe a sales presentation. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Well, so I got the definition of propaganda here, and so let's all make sure that all of our religious activities don't fall into this. This is for everybody in the world. Don't let anything you're doing for the church or for God be propaganda. But that would be by definition information, especially of a biased or misleading nature, used to promote or publicize a particular cause or point of view. Yeah. So I think that's that's a good thing we should, you know, should yeah. consider. It, misleading being it's not honest. It's not, it's not telling the truth of what this is really like. Yet it's a commercialist propaganda. So we we better make sure that our churches are not are not that the messages that we're giving out are not propaganda. Jason, as far as getting your name out there and marketing yourself, cookbooks a tough one, man. I you Google cookbook hip hop and dude, a bunch of cookbooks. That yeah, I know. blend hip hop come in. <laughs> some some people would say that was the, the uh, a bad mistake. I, I mean, I would say that that's a bad mistake. <laughs> it's like, I I didn't pick that name for myself. It came from <laughs> L.A. Symphony, my good homies again, and we were all like freestyling and rapping. And I said something along the lines of like, "Yo, I could rap, I could produce, I engineer, I got the recipes. You could call me cookbook." And then yeah. once they heard that, it was like, oh, you're about to be cookbook. And then it just stuck. <laughs> and like, even if I try to get it off me, get it off, like it just stuck. And I just finally stopped fighting it. And I guess in the confines of LA Symphony, it was cool. But when you're yeah. a solo artist and you want to Google, yeah, it's a problem. Like, obviously, yeah. like my social media is not going to be at cookbook because, right. you know, and right. I do get people following me and sending me recipes and stuff. And- <laughs> <laughs> right. Surely people awesome. have tried to convince you to actually release a cookbook, right? Oh, they're always asking me if yeah. I can cook. That's What's awesome. my favorite yeah. recipe? I'm like, man, I, I bet that's know. annoying. I won't <laughs> do that to you. I'm sure. Hey, well, tell us some tell us some things you're up to. I was listening to a, a podcast that you and Pigeon John did together. Is that your podcast? Yeah. Tell us, yes. tell us about that. Tell us about your mentoring program, any albums coming up or anything. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my podcast is called Really Though, like with a question mark, exclamation point, question mark. Really Though. Yeah. And um, I started it because I started kind of coaching other artists and other people, you know, they start, I mean, my life, no matter what I do, I always want to be helping people. You know, I always want to contribute. If I learn something, I want to share it. If I want to, you know what I'm saying? And that's just kind of been always in me. And so when, when I started getting kind of pulled on to coach, I decided to make it a real thing. You know what I mean? Like, well, that could be just another avenue of helping people. It could just be another way that I can do things and even earn money. And so I started doing that a lot, you know, coaching different, and again, mostly artists, because mostly musicians, you know, kind of come to me, but I, I talk to people of all walks of life. Um, and then I, I wanted to start the podcast because I, I just kind of felt like I wanted to do something that kind of uh, like hung my sign out saying open for business. You know what I mean? Because I've been getting approached to do podcasts for a long time, because every yeah. time I go do a podcast. I'd be kind of talking about industry stuff or music stuff or whatever. And they'd be like, oh man, you need your own podcast. You got so much of this knowledge or experience or whatever. Um, but it wasn't until I was kind of saying, well, I, I'm, I really am doing the coaching thing as well, um, that 
I said, now it's time to start the podcast. So it's been great, you know, and it's really, it's a music podcast. It's a hip hop podcast because that's what I am. But it's also, I talk to people about success, their mind states, how they've been able to achieve the things they have achieved. Like what are their, how do they set goals? How do they think in terms of their music or their career or whatever it is we're talking to them about. And, um, and it's been great, man. I've been able to sit down with some really cool people and, uh, um, and get some really good knowledge for myself as well as um, share it with other people. And, um, and it also just lets people know on a consistent basis what I do, you know, yep. and how they can um, get in contact with me to work with me. So it's been great. I love it. So what kind of coaching assignments do you take on? I mean, what if somebody just said, hey, my, my son's failing school, getting in a bunch of trouble. Is that something that you would take on as a job? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think my specialty, I guess you could say, would be musicians just because right. that's where I'm from and where I live. But I mean, I've talked with chefs, real estate agents, you know, all kinds of different people. Um, and obviously, if, it, if they come to me as a musician, I can also add sort of a consulting component to what I do where I can really kind of get involved with and help them plan certain things. If, if it's a release of an album or yeah. whatever, I'm not going to do that with a chef or with a real estate agent because it's not my market, but I can coach them because I have learned, I actually went to a school and right. I'm certified as a coach. So I can actually, uh, you know, work with people of any walks of life. Well, you'd be surprised what stuff overlaps when you, when you know how to accomplish something and start it, problem solve it, finish it. It doesn't matter if it's construction or music release or probably I would imagine a lot of the things that I have done and know how to do now would apply if I wanted to, let's say, start a restaurant, which yeah. I don't. But I bet you a lot of the sets of skills that I have would, would translate there. No, okay. you're absolutely right. But you know what I find is most of us, when we have a, a passion or a desire, some kind of, you know, just uh, God-given calling or whatever it is in, in, their, in our lives, um, we also have been given, usually we've been given the answers as well. So I don't do a lot of telling, you know, it's a lot of it is, is kind of working more with the mindset, whether it's fear or different things, that's kind of keeping them back mm -hmm. from just True. going, you know what, this is my thing and this is what I'm supposed to do. And, and, you know, they, I, I kind of just get alongside them and, and help them get to the answers because they've already got it in them. You know, I got, I got two questions real quick. I did want to ask. So when you tour, like, because Matt and I have been in Emory for a while. We toured the whole band. How, what does your touring look like? Do you ride with the other guys or, and then, like, who do you bring out with you for the shows? For me personally as cookbook? Yeah. It's just me and my DJ. That's all. I keep it real simple right now. Um, I used to do, I used to do a show with, uh, with a acoustic guitar player. She would sing and I would play, I would, I had, I play piano too and I sing. So I would do, so it was like a whole thing where I would rap and we would do sing. Sometimes we'd do covers and I had like a guy who would play the cajon and stuff. But, um, the nature of the music recently, like the evidence project and stuff, it doesn't cater to that. Plus I think that kind of ran its course. So it's a lot easier too to travel, you know, just jump in a car or van or whatever, with just me and my DJ, we go yeah, and, and do the shows. Yeah. And then the other question I have, what, what do you do if do you ever forget lyrics? Like cause I'm a lead singer and there are times, but in our band, if I ever forget lyrics, I, our band's heavy, so I can just start screaming, making nonsense sounds. <laughs> I've, I've done that. What, do, do, yeah, do you start, like, do you freestyle, or, like, do you, have you ever forgotten a whole verse? Or Absolutely, I've forgotten a whole verse, and, and that's where, like, if you're a real MC, you got to be able to freestyle, man. you got to wing it, and, and you got to keep going. The show must go on, man. You can't let them, never let them see you sweat, right? Don't let them. Right. Even hopefully they don't even know you made a mistake unless they know your lyrics real good. You know what I mean? Right. And if so, they think you gave them something bonus. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, exactly. He switched like, it I up on us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that, but yeah, that's what that's what I would do. Just freestyle and that freestyle thing is like okay. So I watch uh, the guy. I forget his name now. I think he's a radio DJ. He used to be on MTV. He's got dreads, uh, and he'll have rappers on all the time. And oh, freestyle. Sway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sway. So on his show, are they like seriously? I don't know anything about rapping, but are they? You think they're coming straight off the cuff? Like, oh. Most of them, no. Sometimes they are. You can. Uh, I mean, at me, I can tell. And when when they are coming off the top, and it's hard to tell, that's a great skill. But most of them come with written rhymes, and they they spit it, you know. But like, mostly yeah. it would be like a combination of like a vocabulary of phrases and stuff that you commonly use or I've exactly. been looking to use that you apply to. That happens the, too. The topic. They something. call them sometimes. They call them crutches or certain things that you kind of yeah. say a lot, and they'll just mm-hmm. come up even though you're freestyling. You might say a line that you've said before or whatever, but it's still sort of in a free form. It's not like a written down verse. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it's a, any combination of those things, you know, where do people find you? They can't just type cookbook in Google. So, <laughs> so everywhere, everywhere on social media, it's uh, cookbook, the PR as in Puerto Rican PR. But funny thing about that, I get all these publicists hit me up on that one. I so thought I it was a publicist. Yeah. I still lose. Dang it, this name. I'm just going to change it to add Jason Soto, but I won't even get that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. At Cookbook the PR is everywhere. So if you want my music or you want to talk to me, um, I'm very, very, very interactive with the fans. I'm even down with like all the Christian listeners that might be mad at me for some of the things I said here. Hit me up, man. I'm open. I've had it yeah. happen. I, I'll, right I'll get into a dialogue. Well, I don't mind. What's some of the best hip hop you're listening to right now from one hip hop fan to another? Oh, man. Uh, I'm listening to this album called A Whole New Cook. This guy is incredible. <laughs> oh, my God. He is amazing it is badass <laughs> i've heard that yeah yeah no i do like uh i do like that new kendrick yeah that the, the untitled one i don't know if you yeah. got that one i haven't yet i've listened to that a lot um and honestly i've been listening to a lot of local uh la stuff there's a lot of good stuff kind of these local artists that are coming up um in my scene and um there's a good podcast that i listen to called um proof of life radio and they 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 display tons of like the new latest stuff and i've found myself listening right. to that a lot too um, so yeah, man, uh, I'm always trying to listen, keep my finger on the pulse. Sweet. Great. Jason, you want to do some news with us? Sure. Why not? Let's do All it. All right. All right. Matt, kick the music. Kick the music, Matt. In a world. In a world. Where the news today <laughs> is sponsored by Joel Osteen Ministries. Please. This is Toby Morrell, and this is the darn news. <laughs> Authenticity, baby. <laughs> Authenticity. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got a roving reporter here, Matthew Weida, and... Uh, Speaking about authenticity, I was wondering, does this teacher, the story I'm about to read to you guys, was he just being authentic to his craft and like, screw it, I don't care what the school district says, I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to keep it real. Uh, This comes from Fox News. We know how they are. Uh, Tennessee high school teacher suspended for showing Human Centipede 2. Oh, what? (laughs) Have y'all seen Human Centipede 1? (laughs) I did. No. You haven't seen Human Centipede I avoided it on purpose. I think, I think you told me you saw it, and then I watched it, and it no, I didn't. It will never, ever get out of my brain. Can't unsee that, bro. It is awful. I. It is just terrible. And there's a two. This teacher went crazy. He's like, "Nah, I'm gonna take it to the next level and go to number two. Nice. School district superintendent Berner Ruffin Unreal. told the Jackson Sun Wednesday uh, that the film shown in class was hum- Human Centipede Two. Uh, full sequence is what it's called. Human Centipede Two. Full sequence is the sequel to the horror picture Cin- Human Centipede. In this film, a man gets obsessed with the Human Centipede movie and tries to create his own centipede. 
The 2011 film was temporarily banned in the United Kingdom and banned a short time in Australia. But basically, uh, this high school teacher, he was suspended Thursday after students reported to the school officials last week that they were shown an inappropriate film. Upon learning of the alleged movie viewing, the district immediately launched an internal investigation regarding the alleged viewing of an inappropriate film. Uh, And this investigation is still ongoing. Ruffin did not say why the students were watching the film or how much of it they saw. So what, I mean, they didn't even say the guy, the teacher didn't, they're trying to keep it under wraps, but I mean, how mad would you guys be if your kids are teenagers at this point and they saw Human Centipede 2? Would you think that guy should be fired? <laughs> so give me it, some context. Oh, what is it? On. Okay. So basically, <laughs> you, I, I'm going to say You don't say even it. know what those movies spoiler are, Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, man. So basically, it's a human. It's the, the first one, I, I, I will never watch it again, but it's where this mad scientist guy sews people's mouths to another person's butt and they become a long centipede. You see? <laughs> And that, so like when one, it, the food passes through the entire, all of them and all that stuff and they get, it's, it's really disgusting. And so basically this is part two, but basically you would see something that you almost can't unsee. It'd be terrible. <laughs> like if you, if, if your kids were there, your daughters or your sons, do you think you'd want How to be fired? Uh, you know, 16, 17, 18 year old. Of course he should be fired for look at, okay. I, think about it this way. T- what do you really expect out of teachers? Now, now I'm with the people. But what about this. what about seventeen year old Matt? Do you think like seventeen year old Matt? Don't you think it'd be cool if your I mean, English teacher was like, "Hey, yeah, that's what I was surprised about." Yeah. Like the kids snitched. The yeah, kids they are did. Snitching? I what know, kind of kids yeah. are these? What kind of <laughs> kids are these? Now, I did, this is this is true though that you that colors it a little bit. But the, I, I'll get back to the teacher in a second. But I, when I went to college, I was seventeen when I in, when I right. first semester I started at college even, and I was a seventeen year old, and I took a sociology class, and in that class. At college, we watched the movie Kids, which is a very disturbing movie. Oh yeah, and that was part of the curriculum. We had a test on it. I mean, it's a it's a it's a work of art in a different way than Human Centipede, but nonetheless, very (laughs) disturbing. And I was seventeen, certainly. So, but not. But here's the thing with teachers, you know. And I'm with the people that say teachers should get paid more; they should be valued more. But here's the the trick on that: the teachers we wish we had should be paid more. (laughs) <laughs> the, the people right. that we have in our public schools now are people that have low paying jobs that <laughs> right. just you know are, it's like phoning it in or just want to be around children yeah. or they or don't are very or not or not free thinkers so my proposal is if, uh, the people that want to pay teachers more and make it a more important position that doesn't mean these people who are currently the teachers getting paid 80 grand we need people that would want to do that job take it seriously have common sense uh enough to work hard enough to want to be in, you know, the, the highly valued teachers, but certainly teachers, we have millions of them in the United States and it's not a high paying job and it's not a prestigious job. So I'm not surprised to hear anything when you hear something bad about a teacher They're, You know what I mean? That's not right. the unfortunate reality. I think, uh, if they were just like, Hey, I just thought I would show it or I, I, I wish I knew a little bit more information. Cause I don't know. It does seem weird that he would have picked that movie. Like it almost sounds like, cause you're right. Why would the kids turn him in? I think it might. They might have been setting him up. They might have not liked the teacher, and then just said, "Hey, he made us watch this movie." They might have said, "Hey, maybe he said, hey, somebody bring in a movie and we'll watch it tomorrow." Yeah, and, you're right. And, they and may have the got students, to vote on a movie they wanted to watch, right. and then watch. He didn't it. know. So, he didn't know what human. Well, either way, was. come on. That what is, is that the? T- Do you want that teacher? Of course not. Right. 
No. Yeah. You know, it, you don't want the teacher that checks out and plays videos every day anyway. First of all, that person's not already not very into educating your children. Oh, totally. So it was a whole movie on a dude sewing people's mouths to people's butts. Like that's the it's movie. It's just a disturbing horror. Thing. Yeah, but it's like, just so it's not scary. It's just it's creepy the first one, and it's just really gross. I mean, like it's just you can't unsee it because like there's three people sewed together. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's really bad all right here, here comes the next one this comes from old sean liebernight our good friend roving reporter sean liebernight and this is in south carolina where joey and i are tow truck driver says god told him to leave a disabled woman stranded due to her bumper sticker mm, okay let's guess at what the bumper sticker was yep. i didn't hear about it yeah, let's guess at the bumper sticker know, what do you think? it could have been a darwin fish coexist no it could have been coexist <laughs> It could have been an anti-war thing. Right. It could have been a pro-Muslim bumper sticker. What 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 was it? What about you, Bookie? Ber- he knows it. It was Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. He's heard this. <laughs> That's right. Oh, just this. just yeah. a Bernie Sanders supporter. Yeah. Yep. It says, That's when, all it was. When Ken Shoop wow. of Shoopy Max Towing in South Carolina came upon the customer who had arranged to have him tow her stranded car, he suddenly felt the presence of God, and lo, God told him to leave the scene without helping the woman because Shoop says her car. Sported a Bernie Sanders sticker. This, all, this also comes from Fox News as well. He said, something came over me. I think the Lord came to me, and he just said, get in the truck and leave. Uh, so the Traveler's Rest, where we, Matt and I grew up right by Traveler's Rest. Yeah. And when I got in my truck, you know, I was so proud because I felt like I finally drew a line in the sand and stood up for what I believed. Uh, with that, Shoop and the Almighty left the disabled woman to fend for herself on the side of the road. She has a bunch of different problems. And uh, basically, he said that he's had trouble with Bernie Sanders people before. They wouldn't pay, but that just seems like an excuse because she immediately paid another t- truck driver to come get her. So do you think at this guy, I mean, this has, you don't, does anybody here believe this has anything to do with God? No. Right. Not at I all. Mean, Nobody it, he didn't, God didn't say, hey, don't help somebody, right? I mean, it doesn't matter what the bumper sticker was. Like, that, that just seems not. just crazy. And if they support Bernie Sanders, does that automatically mean they're not Christian? Right. That's a crazy oh. thought, too. He doesn't know. He's, he's completely in the wrong. I mean, it, it, if they supported Satan, I would think God would want us to help him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it doesn't crazy. matter. I missed oh, one sorry. of the most obvious if things. If a human so. centipede, he'd want that. You would pick him up. <laughs> tow that centipede right out yeah, of there. That's what, no, that, was, I mean, that was the end of the article. He left feeling like he stood his ground and went and watched centip- <laughs> Human Centipede <laughs> 3. He watched, no, he, he watched the trilogy. <laughs> no, he went straight home to his Bible study and told everybody, and then they went through the Good Samaritan story that evening in Bible yeah. study as well. Yeah. For sure. I would hope. Jason, have you have you seen uh, Human Centipede? No, I have not, but I definitely okay. knew what it was about. Yeah, do not see it. I promise. I wish to God it was the number one movie I wish I never would have seen. I saw <laughs> when I was little, I saw this movie, I think it was called I, I promise you, I must have been nine, ten years old, and my cousin said, Oh, we gotta watch this movie. We'll rent it. We got the rented the VHS, and I believe it's called The Worm Eaters. And it was this the grossest seventies cheap movie where this weird scientist made all these worms and he put it in everybody's food and they ate the worms and then they turned into worms. And it was just so, it was just like, it was just really disgusting. Like they were eating these sloppy hamburgers and there was worms hanging. And I could never get that out of my brain and I'll never get human centipede out of my brain. And then this one thing I saw with a horse. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) All right. Uh, this comes from roving reporter, Joey Rykoff. And, uh, I heard about this one and he, he sent another article in, but I wanted to do the update. And see if y'all had heard about this. Yellowstone bison calf euthanized after visitors reportedly tried to rescue it because it looked cold. Y'all hear about that? No. 
Y'all ain't heard about this. It's it makes me sad. I don't get my news anywhere else. This I'm here. This I'm here to learn. Well, this comes from Yahoo. One of my favorite. Uh, news I don't like yet. Yahoo or or Good Morning America. I guess they own us. The, um, so here it is. The the there's a there's a viral photograph, but basically it's in the back of these people's car. And and uh, let's see. I I'll give you a little little info before I start reading the article. But basically, these people saw a baby bison calf, and they thought they were upset. But they thought it was cold and going to die, so they picked it up and put it in their car. And then they went and told the people. So uh, let's see here. Uh, on May 9th, the same day that President Obama declared the bison the official U.S. mammal, visitors encountered a bison calf and put it in their SUV, then drove it to a park facility because, according to the witnesses, they thought the calf was cold. According to the park service regulations, require that visitors maintain a distance of at least 25 yards from all wildlife, including bison, elk, deer, and at least 100 yards from bears and wolves. Uh, the National Park Service said moving the calf was a dangerous activity because adult animals are very protective of the young and act mm-hmm. aggressively to defend them. Rangers tried to reunite the calf with its mother, according to the Park Service, but it was ostracized by its herd because the calf was found wandering among visitors' cars, making it a danger to itself and others. The Park Service decided to euthanize it. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was abandoned and in a dangerous situation, and basically they had to kill it. So stupid humans... Did, uh, here's the thing I don't understand. How can anybody go to Yellowstone? I've been to Yellowstone. It's beautiful. Joel, you've been there too. Um, Jason, I don't know if you have, but uh, I w- I we've all been to parks and stuff like that and seen animals. Like, if somebody says stay away, you stay away for a reason. Why would you, like, what, how could you possibly see all these bison and then not realize that it's going to be okay? Like, every bison came from a baby, right? They were all babies at once. So I, I can't even believe it. I mean, think about this. You know, it, it's the same thing with bees. You tell the kids, it's the, the golden rule kind of can apply to animals too. So you tell the when there's a bee flying around, your dad will say, don't bother it, it won't bother you, for instance, right? Right. right. But it's, it's essentially, it's just the golden rule. You, rule you just apply it to animals. Now think about in this case, though, what those people should have thought is, how would they like it if, if a herd of bison came up and saw their infant and thought it was cold and ran off with it. <laughs> that's what they, if you just apply the golden rule there, that you would clearly see that is not the appropriate behavior. Yeah. If I turned around and I saw a, and they said we were trying to help. <laughs> if I saw a bison grab my son and throw him on his back and take off running, I would be buried. Yeah. And say, look, it looked like he was hot. We were trying to ride him around fast to get a breeze on him. <laughs> but still, also, don't you know those bison are a little bit assholes? You know, the ba- the calf comes back and they're like, oh, Mr. Uppity hanging out with the humans. Oh, you're not hanging with out with us now. Okay. Why don't you Stay just go out back here. to your human? Okay. Yeah, go sit back in your <laughs> nice SUV. <laughs> oh, were you cold, little guy? <laughs> <laughs> Joey, you went to uh, Yellowstone and you didn't you see a bear? I've never got to oh, see a bear. Gosh. I've never seen a bear in the wild ever. It's so crazy. Like I told Priscilla the whole time we we're driving around, we're going to see a bear. She's like, Joey, people don't see bears. Yeah. It's so rare. I said, we're going to see one. So we went around this curve and I was like, we're going to see a bear. Nope. It was just like a little, you know, uh, Buffalo or something like that. Go around another curve, cars on both sides of the road. I was like, it's a bear. And she didn't respond. She's like, oh, probably not. We get out. I was like, Hey, what's going on? They said, we just witnessed a grizzly bear chase down a baby elk. And they said, it's right out there. So it's not like you could see it perfectly, but you could see a <laughs> grizzly bear in the grass eating an elk. And it was so intense that the the park ranger out there basically made an announcement said, if the bear takes one step forward, everybody run in your car and get out of here. You know, because the can, bear just it, goes so yeah, fast. Cover that ground I quickly. could not believe it. We're looking at a grizzly bear at Yellowstone. It was now, unbelievable. Now, how'd you get him in the back of your car? 
<laughs> he didn't. There was no room. He had his cub there already. Yeah, that's right. He already had his babies there. Didn't you? <laughs> All right. That's the damn news. All right. Brought to you by Twinette Pinkerton. Welcome back to the BC Club. You never really left us in our hearts. Uh, Brett Martinson, Christian Hallberg, Samuel Chapman, and Andrew Green. We love you guys. Mm-hmm. Thanks for supporting and thank you uh cookbook the the christian the christian spirit-filled rapper that raps <laughs> jesus beats thanks for being here with us <laughs> uh, yeah no thanks for having me guys i, yeah. I love the i love the show and i had a lot of fun i was really honor an honor to be here man thank you it's awesome man well, go check go check out his uh podcast it's say say what Say it's it called it's called really though but spelled yep. t h o really though <laughs> really <laughs> though say what <laughs> say what <laughs> really though so if they type in really though uh with cookbook they'll find it right on well enjoyed it today thank you that thank you you've been a great guest actually really enjoyed oh, thanks, this so man anytime the, uh, thank you to the bc club people i want to tell everybody to shop on our amazon link if you go to our website badchristian.com and uh, find the podcast and click through the amazon link and do your shopping there that's been great and also over there look at all of our new music artists and thank you to the bc club for being part of that i hope all of you are getting or in the process of getting these uh albums that we got com- going out but a bunch of stuff zachbolin.com emeryacoustic.com sherwoodmusic.net just went up for pre-order and thehouseofheroes.com uh all, all those you can find through our website as well. But that's all the music stuff we put are putting out just in this part of this year. Some of them are, well, they're not all out yet. They're all pre-order except for Emory Acoustic, which you can get right now. But thank you to everybody for doing that. And do we have a sign-off yet? We need a sign-off now. I got a nice quote here. Okay. Others cannot keep you from your purpose. People don't determine your destiny. Your dick does. At Joel Dongstein. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.